0: well. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, We have a very special guest with us this morning that I'd like to introduce to you. Um, And for you to maybe understand, if you've maybe been around here for a little bit of time, we're a non-denominational church, which means that we don't necessarily have like a a denomination that is over us. And so the way that we're set up is that uh, New Life Church is, is guided by pastors. We're protected by a board of directors and were' strengthened by overseers and uh, and that's kind of that's kind of how how a non-denominational church like like we are set up um, our overseers are, are pastors from other churches that uh, offer new life and myself uh, spiritual protection and, and accountability and so we have we have a great honor this morning to have one of our overseers in the house with us today uh, pastor Mike and his wife Jeannie are here, and uh, they, they founded uh, a church much like ours, Victory Church, in Westminster, Colorado. And uh, in 2014, about five years ago, Pastor Mike passed off the church to his son, Matt, and uh, in much kind of the same way that uh, that this church has gone through a transition. And so um, he's an overseer, a longstanding friend of New Life Church, and a true blessing to my family and to me, uh, we've been spending the past couple days with him and his wife, Jeannie, and um, he is just a source of encouragement to me and um, accountability and strength for my family um, and wisdom, I believe, for this house. And so would you just take a moment? I know you just, you just sat down, but would you, would you stand to your feet and just give a New Life welcome to Pastor Mike Ware and his wife, Jeannie, if you want to come up too?
1: Thank you so much. You can be seated.
2: Hi. How is everybody? This is awesome. I just want to tell you how much we love your church. We love your pastor and his wife. We love your founding pastor and his wife. But, you know, when when I think about where the church is today, ladies, you are so blessed to have this pastor and his wife and and my heart is really pastor's wives because I know from personal experience, I know from traveling and being in lots of churches that the pastor's wife can sometimes be a very lonely person in the church. You know she's got a lot of demands on her life she has a lot of eyes looking at her and thinking that she's supposed to be perfect and none of us are perfect except Jesus so remember that but Katie when I think of Katie the one word that comes to my mind is joy Pur- pure pure joy she is just a joy to be around she has the joy of the Lord because the joy of the Lord is her strength You know, she has walked through things in her life, but the joy of the Lord has seen her through. And so if you're lacking that joy in your life, you need to be around Katie Sweeney because she's got joy, and it's infectious, and she will infect you with the joy of the Lord. So you are a blessed people.
1: Amen. Well, and you have the patriarch and matriarch of the house, Pastor Jeff and Daryl Lynn. Come on, somebody. Let's give them a good hand. I just want to tell you, I've got the utmost respect for this couple, and I do. Amen. And I love them dearly. I mean, I don't know. some of you have been on this journey for a long time, and you've known what it takes to get this church to this place. And the blood sweat tears and all the spiritual warfare and a lesser man would have never accomplished that so that's why just my deepest respect for both of you and and we I just love you I I, I just am amazed I get a chance to be your friend and then now the, the honor of being able to be with Pastor Justin and Katie and and uh, you know to take this to another level and to pastor the people uh, I mean there's no words I can express to tell you how proud I am of you and Katie you're amazing come on let's give them a good hand too and it's good to be back home in Maine Maine is a great place it is I love it. I love Maine people mainly the reason why I love Maine people is because I think they're cool <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I just I just like Maine people I don't I don't know it's, it, it's amazing You know somebody from the south would love people from the north you may hate me but that's okay but I love you (laughs) and uh, you know winter's coming everybody knows winter's coming is that right aren't you excited a little snow here and there it's gonna be a lot of fun for all of you it'd be 79 degrees in Denver on Wednesday and then on Thursday 32 with a low of 17 so it's coming to a home near you amen thank you Jesus Well, uh, I know from first service, Pastor Justin hadn't told you about that little girl that was in the third grade. Uh, They were studying whales in school. And so she asked the teacher, she said, uh, can a whale swallow a human? And the teacher said, no, that's not possible because whales have throat pleats and they can't swallow a human. She said, well, my Sunday school teacher said Jonah was swallowed by a whale. The teacher got a little aggravated. She said, Well, that's not possible. A whale can't swallow a human. The little girl said, Well, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask Jonah if he was swallowed by a whale. The teacher said, Well, what if he's in hell? She said, Well, then you can ask him. Come on. You didn't see that coming, did you? I knew that. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about Success or victory or breakthrough. How many need a a success in something or a breakthrough or or some victory in something? Amen Most of you want to see that rest of you want to be failures and never want to have any success in your life But uh, you know, I just want you to know that it is God's desire To help you get a breakthrough some of you need a breakthrough in your marriage or in your finances or a miracle or some victory in your life or you need to be successful in something maybe in your walk with Christ me, mean, maybe you've been stumbling around as a Christian, and, uh, and you, you just can't seem to find your way. I want you to know right now that success or victory or breakthrough, whatever, however you want to frame this, that it's not a myth, and it's not a dream. In fact, it's God's desire that you uh, find that victory, or you find that success, or you get that breakthrough or that miracle that you need. It's God's desire to do that. And the reason why I know this is by something in my spirit that I've been saying for over 40 years. I want you to hear this. God's greatest successes are redeemed failures. Christ has come to you. If you have Christ in your heart, you were a failure until he came into your life. Isn't that right? And he redeemed a failure to make a success out of you. He didn't redeem a failure to make another failure. Can I hear an amen from you today? So I know in my spirit and I know in my heart that whatever God has put in you listen God puts no yearning in the heart of his people that he doesn't have a plan to see it come to pass so you raised your hand a minute ago because there's something on the inside of you to get that breakthrough. something on the inside of you to get that that success or that or, or that victory that you've been looking for that you've been waiting so long for and I want you to know right now God is for you and God is going to help I'm going to share with you in these next few minutes some of the life lessons, these are some life lessons that I have done and employed and used in my life to help me find those things, breakthroughs, successes, victories. And hopefully it'll help you. Maybe there's one of those six things that you'll grab hold of that will make sense to you. And I'm praying that somehow today the Lord will open up your heart to hear and to receive and to be moved by the Lord. Let me start off with uh, Luke chapter 12, if you want to open up your Bible apps, your Bibles, if you have those. Luke 12 verse 32 I want you to see something I want to prove to you this morning that God wants you to get that breakthrough I want to prove to you this morning that God is for you I want to prove it to you right here simple verse Jesus said fear not little flock it is God's good pleasure to give you the kingdom now I don't know if you're seeing what I'm seeing in that verse but it is God's pleasure his desire his willingness to give you the kingdom of God. Now, what is the kingdom of God? Or the kingdom? The kingdom is the realm of a king. King. It's it's, it's it's the dominion of it. It's the benefits of it. It's the blessings of it. Not just now, but in the future. This is God's desire. You need to settle it right now. God wants you to have the breakthrough. God wants you to have the success. God wants you to have the victory. Let me hear an amen. It's His heart. You have success by God's permission, but now you've got to do something. In fact, you're going to have to put forth some effort. And oh, that's a cuss word in church. Because we don't want to have to put forth any effort. We want to come and sit in those pews and come and just sit in church once every two or three weeks and hope glory falls out of heaven and drops into our life and woo, it's all good. That's not how this works. We have to put forth some effort. We have to actually st- step out and to, and to believe and to trust. Look, as long as you're protecting your excuses, I want you to hear what I'm about to tell you. As long as you're protecting your excuses, success will always elude you. Victories will always elude you. Breakthroughs will always elude you. No, know, I, I, I get so sick of Christians coming to me as a, as a pastor or whatever, making an excuse of why they can't do something. Oh, pastor, I'd love to serve in the children's ministry, but I can't. Well, I I would love to be part of the outreach, but I can't. It's not my ministry. Oh, I'd love to be part of this, but it's not my ministry. Well, what in the world is your ministry if everything is not your ministry? I, I want people to come to me and say and make an excuse for why they can do something. It requires effort. We need to have some effort. It's not just handed to you. Sometimes you've got to work for it. You've got to step out and believe God for it. And so this is what I want to talk to you about. I want to give you these six things. I'm going to jump right in. Are you ready? Number one, the six things that will help you, six essential steps for breakthrough and success. Number one, if you're going to have that, you've got to have surviving power. You have to have surviving power. Anybody know who Walter Payton is? Probably anybody over 50 knows who he is. Walter Payton, if you're under 50, he was one of the greatest running backs in NFL history. He ran for over nine miles of rushing yardage with somebody knocking him down every 4.3 yards Think about this for just a minute. He had surviving power In fact, every time he got knocked down He would get up and run just as hard and just as fast as he did after he'd gotten knocked down See, this is the principle if you want to succeed in life Listen, when you get knocked down, you just got to get up That's what Proverbs 24 says. It says a righteous man You know the verse. A righteous man will fall seven times, but he will get up. He'll rise up. He'll get up. You know, the devil's banking on you laying down or getting knocked down and not getting up. That's why he keeps knocking you down. If you're going to survive in life, you're going to have to get up over and over and over and over again. You need some survival instinct. There was a woman in Colorado a couple years ago. She ran off on an icy, road, hit an ice patch on the road. And went down a deep embankment down to a river and for over a week they were looking for her searching for her. they couldn't find her they didn't know where she was she was trapped in her car windows busted out when they finally found her she had an umbrella and she had written SOS on it. she couldn't get out she was trapped and, and and how she how she was able to make it through the cold nights with no food a little bit of water I don't know she had she survived. It wasn't because she had training. She had survival instinct. And when I look at you this morning, I think you have survival instinct. Look, you're Maine people. You're people from Maine. You have survival instinct in the natural. You need some survival instinct in the spirit. You listen. I, I've learned this. When ninety-five percent of winning all battles is not necessarily knowing what to do. It's just showing up. Over and over and over again that's what Walter Payton did he's in the NFL Hall of Fame for one reason because he kept getting back up God wants to put your name in the heavenly NFL the heavenly Hall of Fame because you keep getting up over and over and over again come on somebody are you in the house I figured it out Walter Payton got up 3,700 times some of you can hardly even get up that's why you came to the second service <laughs> here's what Jesus said Matthew 24 he that endures till the end shall be saved the word endure means to persevere now I'm going to give you the southern definition of what persevere means is that okay with you Well, if you don't want to know then I won't tell you I mean okay I'll give it to you now when when I think of persevering I think of a uh, I think of it this way you need to hang in there like a hare in a biscuit <laughs> You ever seen a hare in a biscuit you can dangle that that biscuit all around <laughs> Can I just tell you as Christians you need to be like a hare in a biscuit Are you here I'm talking about survival instinct I'm talking about survival power you and I need to have survival spirit of surviving survivors are successors that's what we do let me go to number two number two if you're going to be a a victor, you're going to have some some power you're going to have some some victories and some breakthroughs number two you need to have reviving power I mean God wants to revive you for breakthrough God's not blessed when he's not blessed when you have failure or defeat Now, you know what the word revive means? It means to give life, make life, and restore life. That's what God does. He comes to give you life, make life, and he comes to restore life to you. That's why we need reviving power. You know, uh, our lives are full of scars. We all have scars outside and inside. Isn't that true? I mean, one time I just kind of looked at my arms and hands, and I counted 17, 18 scars. And I remember where every single one of them came I remember where that one came from when I was a Boy Scout at 9 years old, 11 years old. And I was opening a can of shoestring potatoes with that stupid Boy Scout knife, the jagged. So you, somebody was a Boy Scout over here, I can tell. And I mean that jagged can cut me open. I remember, listen, a scar reminds you of the past hurt, but it doesn't remind you of the future. It's healed. It reminds you sometimes of the defeat or the victory. I, I don't know what it does for you, but I look at it and I don't hurt anymore. And here's the thing I got out of this. God will turn scars into stars. That's what reviving power does for you. He comes to make life, to give life, and to restore life in you. Here's what Paul said, Romans 8. He said, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he said, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life. To your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you and I want you to get this you ought to write this down someplace this will change somebody's life because this message is for somebody there's somebody here needs to hear these six things I want you to hear this right now when life knocks the breath out of you God has come to breathe his life into you do you get this how many have ever had the breath knocked out of them can I see your hands I'm always so shocked that women raise their hands because it's always the men that do stupid stuff. You know, and get like me, I I jumped off my roof when I was a boy because I had made a parachute out of the discarded uh shower curtain, the plastic shower curtain, and I learned real quick that you need to fall a lot longer before the chute opens up. Now you know the problem I have, don't you? Yeah. What I'm trying to tell you right now is that is that God wants to revive you. And when life throws you the worst curveball and the worst things happen in your life, can I tell you, he's coming to breathe into you. He'll turn your scars into stars because he's come to bring reviving power, reviving power. You know what your problem is? Your attitude is your problem. Some of you have a negative attitude. You're negative about everything. Well, there's no way I can do it. No way I can do it. I mean, I, I don't have enough. Well, the Bible says you have all things that pertain to life and godliness well you know i just feel overwhelmed well the bible says i'm more than a conqueror come on somebody but we have this negative attitude you know like well it's impossible it's never been done well you know it's impossible with man but it's possible with god when we moved to colorado 30 some years ago to plant this church you know what everybody told me i'm talking about pastors and christians i bet a hundred people told me this they said pastor we don't know if you know this but this is a pastor's graveyard In other words, churches come, they plant, and then they disappear. It's a pastor's graveyard. I heard that over and over and over again. You know what I said to every single person that told me that? He said, oh, it's a pastor's graveyard. I said, yeah, but I've got resurrection power. And guess who's still there? Moi. That's French for me. Hallelujah. We've probably seen 100 churches come and go since we've been there. Because, see, we had not only surviving power, we had reviving power. And if you want to get a breakthrough in your life, if you want to have success in your life, if you want a victory in your life, you know what you need? You need to have reviving power. David, the king of Israel, said this, Psalm 138, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me, and you will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies. Your right hand will save me let the Holy Spirit come breathe in you that's how you're going to get the victory that's how you're going to get the success you're looking for let him breathe his life giving breath back into you I saw your hands earlier there's a yearning in your soul for something but life keeps knocking the breath out let him breathe into you amen you need surviving power number two you need reviving power number three you need striving power you're starting to kind of get a little theme here aren't you striving power most of you think it's ungodly to strive I know pastor just and I were talking about that between services that we just think no as Christians we shouldn't have to strive it just should be it just should come it should be blessed and all these kinds of things no that's not what the Bible is. you need to read your Bible because Jesus said you need to strive to enter into the straight gate that's what he said You need to strive to enter into the straight gate the word strive means to struggle to obtain it means to contend with an enemy in fact it comes from the word agonizami it means to agony or have agony you know the things that you're looking for God I saw your hands you're looking for the the miracle and the breakthrough sometimes it comes with agony there's a price to pay I knew that would not be a good place for an amen Jesus said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. For This is Luke 13. Strive to enter in at the straight gate, for I say unto you that many will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Many will seek to enter. in. That word seek means to think about it. They'll think about it, but they won't make it. It's kind of like the five blackbirds sitting on a limb. Three decided to fly away. How many are left? Five. Just because you decide to do something doesn't mean you're going to do it. It takes some effort. Oh, that was the word. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say that cuss word in church. It takes some effort. A sacrifice. You've got to be willing to do this and take those steps. kind of reminds me of Jacob. You know, Jacob, uh, he was wrestling with the angel. He wanted the blessing. Remember that? He wanted the blessing of God. And he wrestled with the angel. The angel said, let me, go, let me go, let me go. He said, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And I mean, the angel just didn't give it to him because he asked for it. He had to wrestle for it. He, he had to earn it, if you will. I mean, he was in pain and agony. His hip was dislocated. And the angel said, okay, finally, if I, let, just let me go. I'll bless you. You know what I call that? I call that striving. I call that, I call that the striving that you and I need to have. If you really want something from God, I saw your hands. If you really want that from God, why don't you work real hard? Why don't you strive? I don't care what the agony is. Say, Lord, I'm going to believe for it. I know that you can do this. Lord, you promised this to me, and I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I don't care what it takes. I've never seen anyone succeed without striving. The old saying is, at first, if you don't succeed, try, try again. That is so true. It's like there was a successful youth pastor, I asked one time, I said, how is it that you became so successful? You know what he told me? He said, for every 200 things I tried, one worked. That's <laughs> striving. That's striving. That's what we have to do is strive. And if you, want to, if you want to see the things of God in your life, you have to strive a little bit. Uh, I went to college uh, 1971 that's a long time ago I was only seven I was a genius that's not true <laughs> but I was pretty good in high school I did real well in high school but when I got to college at the end of the first semester my grade point was 1.9 now that might be good for some people but it was I got a letter from the Dean and the letter said if your grade point is not an average of 2.0 at the end of the second semester you're kicked out of college well I'm telling you what I did I began to strive and study at the end of the second semester I had gotten 2.1 my average was 2.0 come on somebody I'm in college (laughs) and and you know what but here's the point every single semester after that my grade point went up until I was on the Dean's List and it wasn't because I was sitting around hoping it would happen because I had to strive stay up late study and read pray to God and ask him to help me with tests you know the Holy Spirit says he will bring things to your remembrance and he's not gonna bring something to your remembrance that you hadn't put in there that's another message and you're on the Holy Spirit I'm gonna let you take that one from there look the guy that usually wins a race and you've watched the Olympics and everything the guy that's running the guy that finally wins the race is the guy at the tape who leans in come on, isn't that right they lean in that's the guys who usually win and succeed here's my question for you this morning are you leaning in or are you leaning back which one because that's going to determine whether or not you find the victory you find the success you find The breakthrough that you're looking for life you need surviving power you need reviving power you need striving power number four you need diving power you know I'm just trying to find words that rhyme I've got a third grade education I'm doing the best I can (laughs) you need you need diving power you know our greatest failure to success it sounds like an oxymoron but the greatest failure to our success is that we don't have diving power we don't go deep enough we're just we're shallow Christians shallow believers I think about Peter fished all night long I mean they hadn't caught fish probably in weeks maybe even months they were behind on their boat payments that's how I look at it they were about to lose their livelihood their boats and they're coming in they're dejected and there's Jesus on the shore and he hollers and he cries out hey Peter he said uh, push out into the deep and lower your nets and this is how I envision I envisioned Peter crying back hey Jesus you're a carpenter you don't know anything about fishing you just need to go back and play with your tools but the Bible says nevertheless they pushed out into the deep and they lowered their nets and a multitude of fish filled the nets so much that the boats almost sunk I believe that day they paid their boats off you know the reason why they went deep you know the big fish are found in deep water I mean but here's the problem I see Christians they're splashing around in the shallow end and God is trying to coax you in a little bit deeper because he wants to do something for your life we've grown satisfied with a shallow Christianity a shallow life and God wants to take you to the next level to the next place quit diving for a shallow goal Why don't you get a bigger goal in life why don't you get something bigger that's going to take the hand of God to actually do it and to see it fulfilled? Why don't you do that? Listen, you're going to, you're going to miss 100% of the shots you never take. Did you know that? And look, here's the, Let me tell you what our problem is. Our problem is not that we aim too high and miss. It's that we aim too low and we hit it. That's our problem. We're, 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 we, we live in the shallows. We, we, we're good at splashing around, but the big fish are found in the deeper water. And I was thinking about this the other day that if every time you try to do something for God and you keep hitting your head on the bottom so to speak that ought to be an indicator to you that you're not deep enough you need to wake up that's a wake-up call and there are a lot of people that keep diving in trying to find the, the, the blessings of God and the breakthroughs of God and they keep hitting their head well you're in the shallow end God requires us to go a little deeper you got to go deeper for success deeper for success. How do you go deeper? you take a risk. You, you use your faith. You know, I don't even know if Christians use their faith that much anymore. You know, because when life doesn't require anything, you don't need faith. I remember one time I needed new tires for my truck. And I would say, okay, God, I'm believing for tires. I'm bl- Lord, I, I'm trusting you. I know that you can do this. And the Lord spoke to me. and says, "I'm not going to help you." I said, "Lord, but what, Lord, I want you to help me to be able to buy these tires. They cost it like a thousand dollars." He said, "You already have money in the bank." He said, "It doesn't take faith for something you already have." It was a wake-up call. I was trying to use my faith for something I didn't need. See, if you want to, if you want to see the things of God, why don't you go a little bit deeper? Get to the deep end. I know it's a little riskier. I know it's a little harder. It's okay. You, you're going to find that when you. When you take a risk is where you're going to find the breakthrough. It's that one little step, a little bit deeper, a little bit farther. It's kind of like the children of Israel. The book of Numbers, I was reading this the other day. They were in the wilderness. And you know, the wilderness, it's a bad place. I was just, I was just overlooking the uh, Judean wilderness just a couple of weeks ago when I was in Israel. You talk about a desolate place. I mean, that's where Jesus went for the 40 days and 40 nights. I know why he didn't have anything to eat or drink because there wasn't anything there. But the Bible said the children of Israel needed water. And it says in the book of Numbers that the elders dug a well with their staves. Have you ever tried to dig a hole in the sand with a stick? I mean, you're digging, you're digging, you're digging, the sand is kind of going back in. Well, they were able to dig, dig just enough to get just a little bit of water. But unknown to them, the, life flow, the, the life-giving flow was just a little bit deeper, but they got satisfied with what was on the top. That's where a lot of us are. That's why you you raised your hand. You want to break through. You want success. But you've got to go deeper. You've got to go deeper. You've got to go deeper. That's what God is asking us to do is go a little deeper. And that takes me to number five. You need to have not just diving power. You need driving power. The road to success is dotted with a lot of parking spots along the way. As I look around, there's probably some really good parkers in this congregation. I don't mean that as an insult but it is I guess <laughs> some of you are good parkers you've just, you've just said well I've tried before i prayed before nothing happened you just put it in park it doesn't mean you don't want to have the breakthrough or the victory it's just that you've quit driving you need some driving power and, the, and reward is what drives you Hebrews 11:6. 6, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder for those who diligently seek him. And listen to what he said. He said God rewards those that diligently seek him. Those that are driven toward God find the rewards of God. Something has to drive you. I mean, is this thing that you lifted your hand for a few minutes ago, is it so strong and powerful in your life that it will drive you? to where you'll not be satisfied, where you'll take this thing out of gear and put it in drive and put your the you know your foot to the pedal? Is, that, is, is it that great that you'll do that? I mean, it's, I think about David, who was, he sees the giant Goliath, and he said, he said, what should be done for the man who kills this giant? And they said, oh, shoot, you get a tax-free home, income for life, you get honor and prestige, and by the way, you get to marry the king's daughter, and by, by boom, I mean she is a ten and a half. And then here's what the Bible says. He said, Is there not a cause? <laughs> something drove him to go kill the giant. And I'm not saying that was all of it, but I'm just saying there was something that was driving him to go kill this giant, to cause him to succeed. Something drove him. Look, if you don't have a goal or a reward that drives you, then don't bother. I mean, why bother God with faith? Why bother God with a prayer if you're not willing to get up your off your blessed assurance and go do something? That went over the head of about 50 people right there. You'll never find what you're not looking for. That's profound. It's like the man who found a treasure in a field, the Bible says. He sold everything that he had. I mean, he was sold out and he bought the field. Or like the man who found a pearl of great price, sold everything to be able to buy it something was driving them reward ought to drive you in like 1979 1980 I had an opportunity to become a State Farm insurance agent and uh, in Baton Rouge and let me tell you how it happened because we bought I bought my dream home at age 25 I bought my dream home so I was having to change some insurance around and so we had a State Farm agent and Gerald Johnson was my agent and he said Mike you ought to consider being a State Farm agent I said really tell me something about it he didn't say a word. He took his paycheck that he had just received, slid it across the table for me to look at it. When I saw it, I hadn't seen that much money in my whole life. The average State Farm agent in Baton Rouge at the time made a quarter million dollars a year. That's like a million dollars today. I said, "That's for me. What do I do?" <laughs> and there were there were career insurance agents, Allstate and others, who were willing to give up their careers just to work at State Farm. Well, there were thousands of applicants guess who got the job that's because I was striving I was driving I was doing all the things I I studied on my own I passed the five tests in the state on my own I did all those kind of things and they must have seen some drive in me and they must have seen something in me and I got the job and I was so grateful for that the first month here's, here's the point I want to make the first month they had this contest to see who could sell this ungodly amount of life insurance to get the gold watch I said ain't nothing I went out and I exceeded everything that they ever thought could be done in that month and I won a gold watch you know what's really weird I've never worn that watch one day in my entire life never I just did it to win it you know why? because something drove me to get the reward what's driving you what I'm gonna say it again you lifted your hand that ought to be what drive healing in your body you know, deliverance from something, uh, some addiction, uh, healing in a relationship. There's something ought to drive you to, to, to pursue this thing that God has for you. I was told one time uh, early in the church years, they said, "Pastor, you're a driven man," and they meant it as an insult. I took it as a compliment because if you don't have something in your heart that's driving you forward, there must be something in your heart that's driving you backwards. And I took it as a compliment. there was something in me that was driving me forward to succeed or to have a victory or to get a breakthrough I'm gonna ask you again what are you leaning toward what are you believing for because I saw your hands God wants to do something great for you you always hit the things you aim at so what are you aiming at okay let me give you number six and see if we can finish this up number six you need arriving power arriving power you need to believe in your heart that when you Start this journey, when you lifted your hand, that you're going to get it. You're going to arrive. Everybody knows who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, right? Made all kinds of movies. I don't remember one thing he did, except I remember one thing he said. Does anybody remember what he said? I'll be back. I mean, that sounds so cool. He stole that from Jesus, by the way, because Jesus is the one who originally said, I'll be back. And when he said that, when Jesus said that, they were saying, I'm going to arrive. You can just bank on it right now. I'm coming back. You, to I'm going to arrive. I'm going to be there. You need to have that same spirit in your heart that you're going to arrive. Whatever it is that God's put in your heart. Listen, he, he, I'm going to say it again. He gives you no yearning that he doesn't have a plan to fulfill it. You're going to arrive. You need to settle it right now. Find your goal, then get there. Be prepared to succeed And to arrive, that's how we need to consider this. Don't be be alarmed at the small successes along the way. Everybody remember Dennis the Menace, the cartoon character? I don't even know if he's in the newspapers anymore. I don't even know if they have newspapers anymore. But but in the comic section, they'd always have Dennis the Menace. They called him Dennis the Menace because he always caused problems, especially for Mr. Wilson. And always getting in trouble. One day he came home and he had a horseshoe in his hand. His dad said, "What is that?" he said, "That's a horseshoe. Three more and I get the horse." That's arriving power. See, so see what I'm saying? It's like the homeless man, he had a shoe on, one shoe. And a guy stopped by and said, "Hey, did you lose a shoe?" He said, "No, I found one." I like that spirit. That's a that's the spirit of arriving. You need to change some things. You need to get a spirit of arriving. And you're saying, well, I haven't seen anything yet. That's okay. You will if you don't give up, if you don't quit, if you have surviving power, reviving power, diving power, driving power. If you've got all those kind of things, you're going to arrive. You will. I'll read this scripture and then we'll close with this. Jesus is going to go to the other side of this sea and And minister there Luke 8 says now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them let us go over to the other side of the lake all right we're gonna go to the other side doesn't matter whatever happens between now and then but we're gonna go to the other side he said let's go to the other side of the lake they launched out but as they as they sailed he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy and they came to him, came to Jesus. They woke him saying, Master, Master, we're perishing. Now these were seasoned sailors and fishermen. And the storm must have been so bad that, look, we're going to drown. You've got to do something. We're going to die. And the Bible says he rose up. He rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased. And there was calm. But he said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, Who can this be? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. And then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite of the Galilee. In fact, a lot of the Bible translation says, and they arrived on the other side. I don't know how you are in life, but every time I've tried to launch out or to believe for something or to expect something, it seems like I always run into a storm. Am I the only one that's like this? But I've learned to do what Jesus did. You know what he did? He woke up, he rose up, and he spoke up. That's what you need to start doing. You need to rise up. You need to wake up, rise up, and you need to start speaking up because that's how you're going to see the victory that you're looking for in your life. That's the way you do it. Quit letting the devil tell you that you're not going to arrive. Quit telling him that or quit uh, letting him tell you that. Let me I'm gonna share this real quick. We started our church one lady came to the first service I was pretty pumped up. I don't know if anybody would come We started our church with three hundred and sixty dollars My launch team was my eight-year-old son and my five-year-old daughter and Jeannie that was my launch team and uh, So her she came Three weeks later her husband came you know the first thing I thought in my mind we need a bigger building Uh, look, I'm not lying to you. That was the first thing that came to my mind. We're, we're gonna out, we're outgrowing this place already And eventually we got another building and then another building and then built a big building You know the reason why I had a spirit of arriving in me What about you? I saw your hands. I know you have a need. I know you're looking for something do you have this spirit of arriving in you that it doesn't matter what kind of wind or waves or storm, doesn't matter how much the boat is filling up, that you're willing to say, by faith, I'm getting to the other side. Amen. Bow your heads for just a second. Somebody's struggling here today, and I know it and you know it. You know what you need? You need, you need surviving power. I know you've got survival instinct, but do you have survival power, surviving power? If you need that, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, I want you to pray with me about this. I don't have time to call you forward. I see hands all over. You need some surviving power. Some of you have had the breath knocked out of you. Maybe relationship, maybe in your job. I don't know. But life has just knocked the wind out of you. You need God to breathe into you today. Slip your hand up if you're saying, that's me. I need him to breathe his life-giving breath back into me. Thank you, Father. You need reviving power. Some of you have been on the verge of giving up. You're saying, I've tried everything. I prayed. I went to counseling. I did those kind of things. You know what the Lord is saying? He's saying, just take one more step. You need striving power. Yeah, it's it's painful. Yes, it hurts. There's agony in it. He's just saying, you need some striving power. Who's that? Is that someone here in this sanctuary? Slip your hand up. Amen. There's hands everywhere. There's others of you that are you're staying in the shallow end of life and you've been splashing around but you're looking for the deep things of God and God is saying just come on out a little deeper just come on out a little bit deeper drop your nets down if that's you and you're willing to admit that say God I need you to help me to go out deeper slip your hand up say that's me Lord I need the deep things of God some of you have been seeking a limit on your life and what you can do and what you can't do you prayed you tried you've done this and you have pretty much thrown your hands up You've lost your spirit of arriving, but that's changing today. Slip your hand up if you want to see that changed. Amen. Now, Heavenly Father, people throughout this sanctuary have lifted their hands for one or more of these six things because they lifted their hand earlier saying, I'm looking for something. I'm looking for the breakthrough. I'm looking for the miracle. I'm looking to succeed in something. I'm looking, Lord God, uh, to you, and I need some help. And, Lord, they're saying, these are the areas where I've failed in. I need some surviving power, reviving power. I need some striving and diving and driving and arriving. power. I need this, Lord God, right now. So I lifted my hand, and I'm asking you by your Spirit now to come breathe those things into me. Breathe those spirits of of surviving and striving. Breathe a spirit into me, Lord God, that I can see the promise that you made, that you have given to us. It is your good pleasure to give the kingdom to your people, and I am your people. And I receive this today in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Praise God before I turn the service back over to Pastor Justin I was on a flight in Brazil I was doing some conferences in Brazil now the pastor and I and we were kind of in the northeast side we flew down going back to Sao Paulo to do another conference and we had to stop in a city called Recife to pick up some passengers we were on a turboprop plane some of you have flown on those before so as we're sitting there looking out the window and the passengers starting to get on, the pilot was outside looking, and we were looking out the window, he was spinning the blades of the propeller around and feeling the blades and looking at them. And the pastor next to me said, what is he doing? I said, he's looking for nicks and gashes or cracks or something that's missing on the blade. He said, why? I said, well, if something is missing there and the blade spins around, it's out of balance. kind of like a tire. I said, the faster it spins, the more out of balance it gets. Things begin to vibrate. The engine falls off, the wing falls off, and we crash and die. He says, whoa. And the Lord spoke to me and said, it's a picture of my people. Every one of us has something missing in our heart. Sin has put a gash in our soul. Something we did or said has put a nick in our life. And this morning, the Holy Spirit is here. He's running his hand over your soul. He's running his hand over his, he feels what's missing in your life. And by the way, you know there's something missing. He's coming to run his hand over your, over your soul. And if you'll just allow him today, he will heal you. He will repair you. Some of you have guilt and shame because of things you've done. You're here in church. I'm so grateful that you're here. God bless you. But you know if you walked out, you're going to walk out with a gash or a nick is still not repaired would you let the Holy Spirit would you let him today heal you Cause see if you don't you're gonna go out of this building and you're gonna go at the pace of life and you're gonna start vibrating and shaking and your engines gonna fall off you're gonna crash and burn would you let him do it one more time just close your eyes for a second Are you the person I'm speaking to today? Are you the person the Spirit of the Lord has run his hand down over your soul and found that part missing? Would you lift your your hand and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to heal me. I want you to heal me. Just slip your hand and say, Lord, I want you to heal me. I want you to restore me. I want you to renew me. Lord, I want you to do that right now. Holy Spirit, help me. I can't do this on my own. I can't go at this pace of life and not crash and burn anyone else, there's hands everywhere there might be somebody here it's the first time you've realized you need Christ you've gone to church but you've never given your whole heart to him you're just just a moment away from crashing but he wants to save you he wants to heal you he wants to restore you Heavenly Father you see these hands of these most beautiful people your people There's some, Lord, lifting their hand, saying for the first time, I'm without a Savior. There's others, Lord, that realize they've got nicks and gashes in their soul because of things they've done or things they've said or things they didn't do that they should have. But they lifted their hand to say to the Spirit of the Lord, heal me, deliver me. And if you lifted your hand, I want you to just pray in your heart as I'm praying right now. I want you to make this your prayer. Lord, I lifted my hand because I know I'm not right with you. And I want you to touch me and deliver me. And I want you to come and repair everything so it's brand new. And if you're here, by the way, and you want to give your whole heart to the Lord, just pray this prayer with me. Lord, I lifted my hand because I've never accepted you as my Savior, but I did this morning. And I can't live the way I've lived. I want you to cause all things old to pass away, Behold, Lord God, all things would become new, and that's me. I'm a new creature in Christ. When I leave this building, I'm not out of balance anymore. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. In Jesus' precious name, Amen. Come on in, God. Good. Let's give the Lord a good offering of praise.
0: stand with me. We're going we're gonna to end with our one last worship song. <clears throat> you know, in Joshua chapter 3, it says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Isn't that good news? We all want to hear that. We all want to hear the amazing things that God is going to be doing in our life. The very next verse says this, Joshua said to the priests, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. And when you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. See, let me give you a little bit of, you know, context there. they had come up on an impossible and an impassable thing in front of them. The Jordan River, they couldn't cross it. The only way they could cross it is on dry land. And and God said, you know what? If you're going to see me do what I'm promising I'm going to do, you're going to have to go first. You're going to have to take a step. And in fact, you're going to have to, as you carry the ark, you're going to have to step down into the waters. And at that point, that's when God was going to move. So I just want to encourage you as we worship here today, uh, maybe God's been working on you. As, 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 As Pastor Mike's just been preaching, that God's just been stirring something up in you. Maybe today... Before you leave this place, you just decide, I'm going to get out out of, out of my comfort zone and, and take a step forward in faith, trusting that God is moving in my midst. And for maybe for some of you, it's an impossible situation that you've been dealing with, an impassable obstacle in, that's been in your path. I just want to encourage you, maybe today is a day where you just take a step of faith, saying, God, I don't know how you're going to do it, but I trust that you are the way maker, that you make a way where there is no way, that you you are a promise keeper, that God, you keep your promises even when I don't understand how you're going to make it happen. So as we worship today, maybe for some of you, you, you've got a prayer need in some area of your life. We have a team that would love to just Pray with you. Pray God into your situation. And so you, I just want to encourage you to come up along the sides up here and we'll have some, some prayer team that will come up and, and, and pray. We don't want anyone to leave this place without the opportunity of being ministered to. And So let's worship together today. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would draw people to yourself. Lord, that maybe today is a day of of new beginnings, a day of just taking a step outside of our comfort zone. Maybe today is a day where we say, you know what, I I need to surround myself with other believers. Maybe today is a day where, where I just decide, you know what, I've been running away from God long enough. It's time. It's time for me to take a step towards him and lean in rather than lean back. So Jesus, we lift your name up today. We lift you up in Jesus' name. Amen. If you feel led, I just want to encourage you as we worship, just make your way down, and uh, and we'll have some prayer team that will come up and, and come alongside and pray with you.